Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Find stairs and don't get arrested for trespassing. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And today, now that we're well into the new year, you know, a whole five days, we're going to talk a little bit about resolutions and the whole idea behind resolutions and sort of what one year means compared to another year. And, you know, in in some ways the resolutions, but in other ways, you know, there's been a lot of fuck 2016. And then there's also been a lot of, you can't blame a year for things like this. It's just part of life. So we're kind of going to touch on that because we have some feelings. And I know in particular, Heather, you hate those articles that say you can't blame a year. Well, I'm not blaming a year. Let's just get that straight. I'm not blaming a year. What I... What I take offense to is people writing these think pieces saying you're doing it wrong, which is, you know, I would like for this year to be over. So I would like to have that marker. There's a marker in your brain where you're like, okay, is the end of that 365 day period and I'm starting a new 365 day period. And sometimes having that marker can have psychosomatic effects on how you approach things in your attitude and people saying the time is this you know it's a human construct and it's it's arbitrary and it's like i i get that i like science i understand that (laughs) but i also do think that there is a if somebody is taking comfort in the fact that they can turn over that calendar and hopefully that gives them the boost that they need like i'm not going to begrudge them that don't begrudge me turning over my calendar, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's the it's the difference between, I guess, you know, the hard science of it, which, okay, obviously, but it's just the psychology of a fresh start. And if that's what you need, I mean, whether you look at it as January 1st or June 1st or August, it doesn't really matter. But if you if you need to pick a day and that's the turning over a new leaf, then so be it. Yes, so be it. And it makes sense. I mean, 2016 in a lot of ways... It had a lot of good, but it also had a lot of crap. So to be able to turn to a fresh calendar page and say, oh, here we go with a new year, fresh start, things are going to be great. It's kind of nice. It is. It is kind of nice. And I didn't, because I haven't been writing much lately. And by the way, writing is one of my quote unquote resolutions. More writing is one of my resolutions for the new year, carving out more time to write because I didn't do much writing, especially t- especially toward the end of the year, I didn't, I usually try to reflect back on the really good things that happened in 2016 or in the year. And many, many wonderful things happened in 2016 that I am eternally grateful for. Just, just to name a few, I mean, I visited New Zealand, I visited 
Germany. I visited Thailand. I ran two marathons. Um, my child completely excelled at dance and piano. Um, my other child lost her first two teeth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. That's just a milestone with your kid. I got to be a part of a, you know, an organization in a really effective role. Um, there are many great things. I have a house over my head. My kids are safe and happy. You look at that and it was just, wow, it's a great year, Heather. And it's important to look at that. It is important. I mean, and even outside of our own personal sphere, there was a, a series of tweets that went out from Chris Hadfield on, I don't know, the, the, the tail end of last year, the first or second of this year. And it was sort of, there's been a lot of bad this year, but there's also been a lot of good. Let's talk about that. And he's just got this long chain of tweets with all kinds of things, you know, about eradicating malaria in uh, Sri Lanka and, you know, the the giant panda is no longer on the endangered species list and all these things that you didn't really hear about because 2016 was so dominated by bad news. Right. And that was, I mean, I, I think it came out at the end of 2016 and I saved that thread until New Year's Day so that I could start the year <laughs> with a list of really positive things that happened. Because you have to remember those. And sometimes it's really hard, especially if you're on social media, if you're reading the news, because that stuff is buried. It's very buried. There were a few days over the break where I had to stop reading anything on social media because it was bringing me if it was bringing me further down if if there were even a further down to go. I couldn't handle it anymore. As wonderful as the things were that happened in 2016, I think for me thinking back on it, this long depressive episode that I've been experiencing will will sort of dominate how I feel about what happened in the in the last 12 months is a general malaise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we talked about that briefly, not on an episode, I don't think, but in general, kind of about how the end of one year affects the beginning of another mm -hmm. and, and the whole year, really. I mean, how it will kind of paint it. But this year we're set up. It's, it's a scary start because we have the inauguration. It's happening. Wow, that's happening. Yeah, that's happening. And every day I am wondering if I'm going to have health care. Every day I'm wondering if I'm going to have health care. I can't even see the word healthcare, and when I see the word healthcare, I start to have a panic attack. I do <laughs> a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, no, I've spent like the last six days dissecting different options and looking at different things, and realizing that wow, it's really expensive, and it's also not that good. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy to have it. I mean, I'm thrilled that I can that I can work as a freelancer and a contractor and still have insurance and it's much more affordable than it would be it's without it first of all without the ACA I, I don't want to talk about health I don't want to talk about health care as a privilege it shouldn't be a privilege it should be a right having health care should be a oh, right absolutely. and I, as I was saying I was having a panic attack which would preclude me from um, getting insurance without Obamacare my depression would is a pre-existing condition boom done I never qualified for insurance before. Lita Armstrong, did I ever tell you about this? I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of some of the listeners probably already know this story, but Lita in pregnancy dropped very early before her. Um, do you know what that means? <laughs> I, I do. Yes, she she dropped. I do. Probably about a month before she was born. 
And it really did feel like I was walking around with, with a basketball between my legs. Like it was just like, oh my God, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. And her her birth was a little traumatic in the sense that getting induced, when you get induced, a series of things can go very wrong. And I experienced all of those things except for the emergency C-section. And getting her out, I I pushed for three hours and it was it was traumatic and she came out and I think because she had dropped so early this is my own theory one of the muscles I think on the left side of her neck sort of contracted and because of that she slept a certain way on her back and her her skull started to develop in a diagonal shape because of it oh wow like a noticeable diagonal shape I took her into her two-month appointment, and the doctor was so startled that he basically made me drive up to Primary Children's Hospital and have her t- get, get her taken a look at. And they pr- they diagnosed her with plagiocephic. Oh my God, I forgot the word. Plagiocephaly. Plagiocephaly. Okay. Yes. Which was cured within a couple of months with some physical therapy that I did with her every day. But because she was diagnosed with that, she was not going to be able to qualify for insurance until she was 14 or 15 years old. Which makes a lot of sense because she chose mm-hmm. that. And it, it totally, totally affected the rest of her life. That was listed. Every, we applied for, when, when, when I first made Deuce the business, we applied for private insurance four times. And every single time they came back with that. As that being the reason that they wouldn't insure, wouldn't insure her specifically. Mm-hmm. Her, her mm-hmm. specifically. And they yeah. wouldn't okay. um, insure John because of his hay fever. Oh my God. <laughs> and then if you, if you can't pay for it, then you die. But really, if you can't pay for it, you deserve to die anyway, mm-hmm. because clearly you did something wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty backward. And, but it's interesting. I mean, with, with something like healthcare being just one of the many issues that people are kind of staring down now. So many people, despite all of these things coming up, have still entered into 2017 with a pretty positive approach from what I've seen. I mean, you know, I have my own limited scope here, but it seems like despite the challenges that are ahead, a lot of people have entered it at least trying to be positive. Yeah, I think a lot of people are energized by the reality of the fact that we have to be energized like we have to be active and energized and i think a lot of people are riding on that right now especially since the inauguration is so close um i will not be at- i will not be attending yes. the march in washington um but i know no. many many of my friends will be there will you be watching the inauguration i don't know if i can no i did <laughs> when the Mormon Tabernacle Choir announced that it was singing at the inauguration, I announced, or I basically just said on Facebook and Twitter that I would now have my name removed. And I I went through, I have submitted my resignation and I'm waiting for the official letter to come back. That's right. I forgot that you still had not yet done that. Yeah, I was... That's a good reason to get pushed over the edge, though. Well, so... To put that in a little bit of context, like I have a friend, I'm not going to reveal her identity because she wouldn't want this to be public, but she had her name removed, um, I think it was during Prop 8 in California when the church was in, the church really, really supported Prop 8. And um, 
came out against marriage equality very publicly, and she had her name removed when all of that went down. And I asked if she, her husband had had it removed, and she's like, no, we're waiting for the next thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, it's, it's kind of a protest to send a message to the church and to send it like, we are not going to be a part of this. I don't want my name associated with this. And so when the church came out last year with a policy that said that children of parents who of uh, homosexual parents could not get baptized or receive any of the quote-unquote benefits of being a Mormon, and he had his name removed over that. And I got a lot, I got a lot of pushback uh, when I announced this from people saying, oh, so this, like you, so a choir singing is what pushed you over the edge and not all the bigotry and racism that they have experienced or they've shown since their inception. And it's like, you guys, like, I don't know, this episode isn't about having my name removed, but it is a very complicated issue for me. And this, yes, this is what pushed me over the edge is the, I will not be a part of an organization who is going to publicly support all that Donald Trump represents. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. And I mean, yeah, it's not, this episode isn't about that, but it is about the idea of a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And that's part of yours. I mean, really having your name removed has been, I would imagine, kind of in the back of your mind on and off for a while. Yes. But now this is just the catalyst for it. You know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, as it, as were. it were. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be starting 2017 as an actual ex-Mormon, like technically ex, once I receive that letter back. Wow. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Do you think that they will, the church will experience... And maybe these stats already exist for past things like Prop 8, but do you think they'll experience a surge in people doing the same thing as a result of this? Does that happen when they take such a strong stand? I know it did during Prop 8. I'm not, I don't know the specifics uh, specifically. Did I say specifics? Specifically, the statistics, the statistics, Um, but they count, they, they count in their numbers when they report their membership numbers, they are counting me, right? Any person who doesn't go to church, but hasn't had their name removed, they are counting that person in the numbers that they represent, like 11 million members here. And it's like, my name is a part of that. So it's a deceiving number, given how many Mormons I know who don't go to church but haven't had their name removed. And they have to know that, right? I mean, they keep pretty, pretty good tabs on membership. Oh, do so they, they know keep that those numbers they're reporting tabs. are inflated. <laughs> yeah. They're better than the Russians. So they're totally I'll just, tell you that. <laughs> right. They're falsely inflating numbers. Man, they followed me everywhere I went. I have moved so many times in my life, and they find me every time. Every time. Yeah. But they won't do my driveway. They won't do my motherfucking driveway. I tell you that. (laughs) They'll find me and they'll show up on my doorstep, but they won't shovel my driveway. Now they really won't if you're you're actually an ex. Maybe they could fellowship me. Maybe they could get me back. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. You could could try to work that angle. I think that would be awesome. (laughs) If you just do my driveway, I'll think about it. I'll give it some really good thought. But that is a good way to start, I think. To start 2017? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't re- I haven't received the letter just yet. Yeah, I mean, 2000, so I don't really get behind the idea of resolutions, per se. 
I, I understand why they fail so epically all the time for people. For me, it's more of an idea. Like, I really, like, I, I am envisioning and I am setting out to carve out more time in my life for friends and to re- rekindle I rekindle is, sounds romantic but to rekindle those friendships that haven't gone away but that I have let sort of have gone to the to the side because I've been so focused on working kids and I'm I'm really really hoping this year to carve out the time to give to my friends and to spend time with them and go get lunch I'm gonna go get lunch I'm gonna like this is a this is a resolution for me. I'm going to take lunch breaks. I'm going to go get coffee. Like I'm going to make time for that somehow. I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna do that. So it's not really a a resolution. It's just a general shift. I mean, but really, resolution is just a word. I think a lot of people say this is my resolution, and that sets up a lot of pressure. And then when it doesn't pan out perfectly, they failed their resolution. And they quit. Yeah, for me, it is the, I think what I did in 2016 at, towards the end there is I took stock of what is really important to me and what, how I have let go or I have neglected what is important to me and how th- that has really affected my depression. And I realized, oh my God, like not taking a lunch break with a friend and not hanging out with my friends on the weekend or not seeing the invitations and then being like, well, I can't possibly do that because I have my kids and then I have to pay a sitter. And But not actively making that time has had a really serious effect on my my depression. And not writing has, has had a serious effect. And so for me going into this year, I was like, okay, the important things are going to help you climb out of this, Heather. And so it is sort of channeling my energy in those directions that sounds really really woo 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 wee <laughs> but i'm going to channel my energy into the direction of that which makes me happy but both of those things that you mentioned you know spending more time with friends and you know rekindling those relationships and writing are both ways at least for me to get out of my own head and out of my own space and that's tremendously helpful so when you've given up on both of those, and, and not that you've given up, but when those have kind of fallen off to the side, then you're just you're you're trapped in your own in your own head. And as we've talked about before, that's that can be a pretty dangerous place. You're trapped in your own head, and you're trapped in your own house. God, and your house becomes like a prison. Well, yeah, that just compounds it, yeah. And it's like you want to leave your house, but leaving your house is like really I have to leave my house, <laughs> and then it just. And the longer you go, the harder it gets. And the worse it feels like a prison. Yes. It's a, it's a really vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Like as bad as you want to leave and as horrible as it feels, you also don't want to leave because it's been so long since you left. So it just feels worse and worse and worse. I, I had not left the house in a few days. My kids are home and they're off school and I've been working with them in the home for the last few days, working very terribly, I will totally admit, like, my work with my kids in my house is <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I know that. And there was a Google chat going on between two of my colleagues about the interface for this 
project that we have going on. And he's like, can you chime in? I'm like, hold on one second. My kid is coughing up a lung. Hold on. And like, I'm running around trying to find the Sudafed and, and I was like going back and it was like, oh my God, I can't provide you the feedback that you need because I can't concentrate. Sorry. Sorry. You who don't have kids. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's even harder to explain. And so I left the house yesterday to go to therapy. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I got to put on clothes and like make sure that I'm presentable. But once I got in my car and I pulled out of my driveway, I really felt like I had just broken out of like Alcatraz. <laughs> like I'm out, I'm out. It was, and, it, and the weather has been horrible. It is snowing every day. It's dark. It's gross outside. But even then I got into my car and I was like, I'm out. This is important to do in the year. Get out of my house. Get out. Yeah. And the more you do it, the easier it mm-hmm. becomes. I mean, it comes back to, and I, I say this all the time. I've probably said it on here that you never have time, but you have to make time. And I know that it, that's this elusive, like, well, how do you make it? And I don't say it because it's easy, but I, I'm constantly telling myself that because it's really easy to fall into that trap of, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. You you have to force yourself mm-hmm. because the more you force yourself, the more you'll find that it happens. Right. I think either that or it's just this mental trick that I play and it happens to work, but either way it works. It, it does work. And, um, I know a lot of resolutions include people love to set, you know, exercise and nutrition goals. And for me, uh, my exercise goal is to just do it more consistently. Um, I exercise a lot, but it's very inconsistent. And my dog is barking. I love her so much. I Did actually you hear heard that? that. Yeah, I I love her. That, yeah, wow. Usually I don't. Uh, resolution: figure out how to get Coco to stop doing that. Um, so my resolution has been is just to make it a more consistent like. On Mondays, I'm going to do this. Tuesdays, this. Wednesdays, this. Because right now, for the last several months, it's like I can't. I can't do that today. So it gets. I don't. I. I end up exercising maybe once or twice a week. <laughs> I'm probably going to say this on the podcast, and somebody's going to turn me in. But um, back in Los Angeles, uh, there's a set of stairs in Santa Monica. Have I told you about those? I know that you used to run stairs. I don't know that I, I knew where they were. Okay, so there's a, it's a very famous staircase in Santa Monica. You, It's like, I don't know how, it's like 180 steps. Like, it's like 12 or 13 or 14 flights of stairs, straight up, straight up. And um, I would go there three times a week. It was the best exercise. I was in the best shape of my life. And ever since then, um, I've been searching for a good staircase. <laughs> Do they're well, hard to find, it, well, honestly. Doing the stair stepper at a gym is very, very different um, than running stairs. And uh, I have never found a good replacement. And then uh, a few months ago when I my, my therapist changed buildings and she's on the fifth floor and I was like, oh, I'll just take the stairs. And I was like, wait a minute. The staircase in this building is perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you run stairs in your therapist's building? I do. <laughs> oh, wow. And so I'm really afraid that somebody's because I'm in workout clothes and I'm listening to my, you know, I've got headphones on. And whenever somebody comes into this stairwell, 
I don't make eye contact. <laughs> oh, my god! And, like, I pretend that I'm just, like, walking. Like, I'm just casually walking from from my office to my car. <laughs> but it is the perfect staircase. It, it, it completely replicates what I was doing in Los Angeles. And so yesterday, I actually took uh, 30 minutes before my therapy session, ran the staircase in the building, and then went and saw my therapist. <laughs> Oh, my God. And so, yeah, it was in the high of, like, the high of that, of, like, getting out of my house and sitting there with my therapist and talking about some of the shit that has gone on over the last two weeks. is like, this feels good. It feels good to feel good. Oh, I forgot what this feels like. <laughs> well, and for me, you even get a high, like, discovering that staircase mm -hmm. is in itself a high. Even before you've run it, you're like, oh my God, I found it. Here's my solution. Yes. And that in itself is motivating enough, I think, to want to go and use it and exercise. Yes. And, and so even in the last, even before the new year, I have been consistently doing it three times a week. I'm trying to do it at different times. So, <laughs> so, that so you don't run into the same yes. people. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it could though. If I were one of those people, I might just assume that you work on one of the floors mm -hmm. and you sit all day. So this is how you prevent yourself from sitting all day. I mean, as long as you're not running into anyone. Right. I'm very discreet I, about it. I'm very discreet. I'm very like off to the side. I, I keep, you know, I give people their their space. So, yeah. You are the woman in the stairs. I am the woman in the stairs running. Why is she in the staircase running? <laughs> And you do it, how long did you say? I do it for 30 minutes. Okay. It's a really high intensity, it's kind of high intensity interval training because I run up the stairs and by the time I get to the top, I can't breathe. And then you walk and down and then I walk and then down, down fine. And okay. then I run back up. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah, it, that's it's really, nice. really, really awesome 30 minute exercise that anybody can do on a staircase if you can find one and, and not get arrested for trespassing. <sighs> But there, there's the Deuce brand <laughs> recommendation for exercise this year. <laughs> find stairs and don't get arrested for trespassing. That makes me, because I've been trying to find long stretches of straight stairs, which is basically impossible. So that makes me, now I, now I have to think of what buildings have staircases like that. Well, these, these aren't straight. I mean, they do wrap around. Right. But they're steep stairs and there's enough of them. There's like 12 floors. I go up 12 floors. Yeah. Right, and there's probably, what, like two two separate s sets between floors? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I should try that. That will be my resolution, and I don't like resolutions. Have you said any for yourself? No. I have not. No. Usually, no. Like, I typically... <laughs> I, I don't. And I think it's because it's kind of... For me, it's it's a little bit like what you were saying. Rather than like setting a, a resolution that starts on the first and this and this... I just think, you know, what, what happened last year or what didn't happen last year? What do I regret? And I want to just work to try and turn that around. Even if that means it takes me the entire year to successfully feel like I did that, then I consider that a success. Yes. And I think that for me is why I don't like resolutions is because usually like they start on the first and they're so... And maybe I'm just doing them wrong. I don't know. But they're so regimented. Like, I'm going to start exercising on the first, and I'm going to go five days a week, and I'm going to get a gym membership, and then you miss a week, and you failed. I just want the longer term. I think I have enough short-term goals and deadlines outside of resolutions 
that something longer term that feels a little bit more constructive for me personally mm-hmm. is better. And usually I don't even think of what that will be until February or March because I've sort of settled in and figured things out. And I don't know. I'm in a pretty decent exercise pattern. And so in that area, it's okay. Although it's miserably cold here. Miserably cold. And that's hard. I ran this morning and it was seven degrees. Feels like negative seven. Why are you doing that? Ew. Because if if I say, oh, it's too cold, I'll skip it. Then it's cold for weeks, and then I skipped it for weeks, and then I'm totally off, and I I can't do that. Yeah, mm. the staircase. You just layer. <laughs> uh, the staircase is cold, but it's not that cold. So, yeah, yep. it was pretty brutal for me. It was I knew that the holidays were going to be hard, and and I'm sure I'm sure that someone would say, well, because you knew they were going to be hard, they're hard only because you went into it thinking they were going to be hard. Also, no, they're just hard. Holidays are, are, are difficult. And I knew I knew that they were going to be difficult. So I was just like, I'm going to put off like channeling my energy until I have gotten through the darkness of the holidays. And then the holidays turned out to be really, 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 really bad. My stomach just groaned because it was my stomach agreed. <laughs> like this is a really bad holiday. And now that it, like the kids are still home and like we're, we're edging towards the end of what like the the arbitrary time construct in my head where they go back to school in a few days and it's like okay this is this is me turning the page and me focusing on getting better at everything Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I mean, it's, it's like a new chapter in a book. Like it doesn't change the other chapters, but it's a chance to start at a new point and take a breath. Yes. Especially after the holidays have been less than great. Do your kids, like, does, does Lita set a resolution? Does she know what that is? No, I don't think. No. Mm-mm. That could, that could probably, I, you know, I could sit down and let's make some resolutions for the year. But right, they got home from New York on a few, three or four nights ago. And they were hammered. Hammered. It's to the point of both of them are now terribly, terribly sick with fevers and coughing. They were vomiting the other day. Um... And they just, they, I'm not going to approach trying to, you know, better our lives while they're recovering. 
Yeah, that's probably smart. Yeah. They're they're better now though in the sense that the vomiting is the done. The vomiting is done. They're both I've brought their fevers down. Lita actually slept for like seven hours yesterday. She was that that sick. Um but she's like during the day, like during a nap. the day. Yeah. Holy hell. So um she's feeling a little bit better now. Yeah. Well that's good. It was good. It was hard um because when when they got back I was really excited to have my Christmas with them and because of their fatigue and their sickness, it was just, it was, it was a belly flop. <laughs> it was an absolute belly flop. I will admit to crying qu- quite a bit at night by myself. So, well, I mean, after going through the holidays, and that's rough. And then they get home, and they're still on break. They're excited to be home, and then they're sick, and then you have work. All things considered, that's really not a fresh start to the year. No. Mm-mm. But it's still early. It's still early. So it's okay. But the seven hours, that makes me think, and I, I know that, you know, with both Lita and Lexton, we're entering the teen years, but I didn't really realize how much sleep Lexton would need until break. And I thought, he'd be on break and he'd wake up earlier because it's break and he wants to do whatever. He was sleeping like 12 hours a night. He slept 13 and a half hours one night. Yeah. And, and he, it, he's not up later. He was up like a half an hour later every night, nothing substantial. And then just sleeping like crazy. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like I have to check on him to make sure he's alive. Well, don't you, rem- don't you sleep remember sleeping a lot? I, I wasn't, I've never really been a sleep in kind of person. Oh. I mean, I've never like been oh, that's a 5 right. a.m. person yes, that's life, right. But, no, I, oh yeah. God, I, I used to be an epic sleeper, man. I could sleep until two o'clock in the afternoon and then take a oh, nap. Oh God, I had friends like you. Oh man. And the, the day after they got home, Lita slept in until 1030 and they had gone to bed at nine o'clock the previous night. She slept until 1030. She gets up and she's like, are you mad at me? And I'm like, dude, no, you're growing. <laughs> Grow in your sleep. <laughs> like you, you got stuff going on. I don't care that you slept until 1030. Are you, you mad at me? Yeah. Lexton was mad at himself because by the time he had like, he got up and then by the time he was fully awake and eating breakfast, it was, you know, 1130. He's like, oh, the day is almost over. I'm like, no, the day is not almost That's over. That's good it's news, fine. Lexton. <laughs> right. Right. It's Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting the sleep. I just, it seems like it all of a sudden happened just overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird. Exactly. Uh, and they're both, what, 13 this year? She will be 13 in less than a month. What? I've got just over two months. Yeah. Teenagers. Yeah. What? So that could be our resolution just to survive that. Yes. There's an article going around about how, mothers of daughters in middle school could quite possibly be the most depressed ever. <laughs> really? Have you seen this? Yeah. No. Um, it's kind of like, and especially women who experience postpartum, just the, I, I need to read the article because I only read just like a paragraph or two, but I think it's, you know, the changes going on with girls in middle school and the mean girl scenario and the insecurities and all of that dealing with that as a mom 
to a, a daughter, especially as a mother who experienced all that herself at that age, knowing that I can't make it stop for her and that I can't protect her at school. You know, it's it's a very desperate feeling of, and it's a hopeless feeling as well. And it's also, I imagine, kind of forces you to relive it. Yeah. When you, when you know that pain already. Yes. And it's, I imagine, much different for girls than it is for boys, at least at this age, at like 13, 14. Yeah. I think it probably depends on the kid. Yes. Like she talks to, we were talking the other day about some of her concerns and she's talking about this one girl at school who, she used the word effortless. She said the girl just sort of walks around as if everything is really easy for her. And that makes me wonder why everything isn't easy for me. And whoa, did I just, did that just punch me in the gut? Because how many times have I had that thought? And I, of course, I said to her, everything is probably not easy for her. In fact, there's, she's probably struggling a lot too, Lita. We never know. Everyone has their own story. Yeah. But the way she articulated that to me was both heartbreaking and scary. And yeah, so... It's a pretty intense observation for 12 going on 13. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my Lita. Yeah. And it's not even like this, this girl is saying these things or doing these things. It's just Lita gets this sense that things are effortless for her. Like something about the way she carries herself, about the way she goes about her day. That's, that's really observant. Yeah. Well, girls are hyper observant. I, I mean, especially this age, you're... Very, I was very concerned about how different I looked. You know, I was very skinny. I was very tall. I had crazy hair. Um, my clothes didn't look like the clothes of the girls who were popular. Like she's expressing all of this to me, all of that that I experienced. I was like, whatever I can do to help, let me know. You know, what are they like? Do you want? Do you want to buy jeans? <laughs> like she was concerned that her leggings weren't as cool as the jeans that the girls were wearing. And I'm like, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to say, well, then let's go get you jeans. It was, is that something that you want to wear? You know, is, is are jeans something that you want to wear? Is that important to you? So I was trying to talking, talking through it all and saying the right thing is really hard. Oh yeah. I went through that a little bit with Lexton. I guess it was maybe last year or the, or the tail end of fifth grade. And he all of a sudden kept talking about he he's not an athletic child he probably never will be so anyone who does play sports he calls them sports stars it doesn't matter if they're good at them or not he just assumes they are sports stars and they all wear nike and under armor all of them so all of a sudden he had this really strong interest in getting an under armor hoodie or shirt or shoot like something so that he could he could have that logo and initially i was kind of opposed to it because I knew that that was the only reason he wanted it, you know, because other people had it. And someone said to me, and I can't remember if I've said this on an earlier episode, but they said, sometimes it's not about standing out. It's about feeling like you fit in. Mm-hmm. And I like someone told me that and I went out to the store and bought him a hoodie <laughs> because like, that's a really good point. He, d- it's not like he wants to be like them. He just doesn't want to feel like when they look at him, he's different. Right. He wants to feel like he's part of that, even if he's not. I, and, and that's the thing is that 
you can you can stand there and say, you know what, Lita, we're, this is what we're going to teach you is that it doesn't matter if you if you are different. Da 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 da. What you're doing is you're just you're Charlie Brown's teacher. Exactly. Like in like uh, so that's why I was like, Lita, do you want jeans? Is that going to make you feel better? Because if it is, let's go get some jeans. Like that's right. exactly right. It's not about fitting in. It's about I just don't want them to look at me a certain way. Exactly. And I mean, maybe you get jeans and she comes home and immediately puts leggings on. Like maybe she really hates them, but just wants to feel like she doesn't stick out as much. Mm-hmm. And that's probably only going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, it, that's like telling, it's like telling me at 13, it's like telling me at 13, Heather, you need to love your body. <laughs> it's, this is, which is, which is an important it's an important message for women to learn and understand and accept because we are taught at such a young age, just visually everywhere, that there is a specific aesthetic that is that is right. I have been told that my entire life, and it has taken me to 40 years old to embrace my body, you know? Like, finally at 40, like, it's okay, I'm okay with my body. You know, it, you can tell a 13-year-old to, let's be confident and don't be insecure and you have this and you have this going on and it's okay to be different. And it just, it takes a long time for those things to take hold inside of you. And I think to a degree it's true with boys as well. Yeah. I mean, I remember feelings like that. I think it's more pronounced with girls and with women in general because of the overall messages that exist absolutely everywhere. But I think it it's also, I think it also happens for boys. I think it's maybe just a little bit quieter or more internalized because I, I remember feeling that way going through middle school and high school and just absolutely hating myself because, you know, you, you can pick, especially at that age, you can pick hundreds of different reasons for why you stand out, whether they're real or not, you can come up with them. Oh yeah. And it takes time to move past that, I think. Yeah, which is why I don't want to. I don't want to saddle her with a discussion about resolutions when I'm, I don't necessarily believe in that concept. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, you never know if it's something that they talk about in school or if friends of theirs yeah. have them or anything. I mean, Lexton, he's never brought them up. I don't bring them up because I don't ever have one. And if he did, I don't really know. I mean, I don't want him to necessarily think it's a bad thing. But I also don't want him to think he has to have one and he has to live by it. Yeah. Marlo? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much? Oh, man. She's fine. Maybe she's got one. She's fine. Marlo's good. And she liked it. She was the one who got the the poop emoji pillow, right? She did get the poop emoji pillow. Yes. And she loved it? She lo- She sleeps with it every night. <laughs> That's good. Apparently, that's a dog toy. I didn't know this because my mom got it for her. My mom was out and found it. But apparently it's a, do- it's a dog toy, which is awesome because she loves dogs too. So, you know. Does she know it's a dog I toy? I don't know. No. Hmm. So I'm not going to break Lots it That's a win-win though. Yeah. So if you're not actually setting, officially setting a resolution, but you're making these goals, what is your plan to try and actually make them attainable? Like, for example, making sure you take a lunch and spending more time with the people you care about outside of the home. Well, one, I will know that I will, the measurement will be, am I happier? 
And that will be that will be a question that I actually have to phys- like physically ask myself, Heather, are you happier? Because ha- when you're depressed and, and it doesn't you don't automatically go, oh, I'm happy. You just wake up one day and you realize, oh, I don't feel like shit. Oh, this is great. Like, I think I'm, I might be happy or I might be experiencing something that isn't awful. I might be experiencing something that isn't awful. Okay. <laughs> we take what we can get when we're depressed. That's right. <laughs> like there, again, like yesterday when I was, when I was at my therapist's office, it was like, I'm out of the house and feel like I, I'm not feeling awful right now. This is awesome. Just even just this moment. This is great. My, I, I told you my mother came to therapy with me several weeks ago and my therapist gave her a directive and it was like, Heather needs your help desperately. Like you desperately need to step in more. So my mother ha- and I have sat down because I, hey, somebody tweeted yesterday, we've already talked about this, but somebody tweeted yesterday, I am the Olympic champion of never asking anyone for anything ever. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. I think I saw it because you retweeted yeah. it. Yeah. And my mother is offering me a ton of help, and most of it makes me want to scratch my eyeballs out, which is awful of me to say because it's it's amazing what she's doing. It's amazing what she's done, but it it's so hard to accept it because I feel like I'm putting her out, but I'm slowly getting there. I'm slowly getting. And she and I have had a lot of conversations about this, about how it makes her happy to know that she's helping. It makes her happy. So I'm like, okay, go go find the socks that they've lost and put them in the wash machine and do the laundry. Like she's she's stepping in and helping me with laundry and, and telling me that she will watch the kids on the weekends so that I can go out with my friends. That sort of thing um, is utilizing this, the support system that I have in place here to make living here bearable. That's kind of a... A resolution. Well, I tell you what, in the last month, I have been looking at rentals in LA a lot. <laughs> really? I can't, this, this winter is just, uh, I mean, already when we just started winter, it's just been hell. And I was like, God, I just want to be warm. I just want to be warm and I don't want to be in snow. Uh, yeah. I was like, what, how how could I how could I get to LA? What what what, what do I need to do? <laughs> so I had to figure out a way to make living here bearable. Wow, that would be a yeah, that would be a big move. Mm-hmm. I can't do it though. But there wouldn't be snow. There would not be snow. It would be marvelous. Some parts of it would be yes. Mm-hmm. You get used to the traffic. Well, but the the lack of readily available childcare would make things a little tricky. Exactly. And I'd have to find all new doctors and I'd have to, all of that. Yeah. In your free time. In the free time. Yeah. That's assuming you have healthcare. Well, it's good that you're accepting the help. That's probably something I should try to do more often as well. That is the resolution Maybe. is accepting help. Yes. I will say that. See, you had one and you didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, at a certain point, we just have to, with this year in particular for everyone in America, well, the world really sit back and not sit back, but we have to you know, keep our eye on what's happening and, and be ready to move. She's to keep things. Yeah. She's coming over to my house right now, um, to help me take down my Christmas tree. What day is it? Oh, nice. Yeah. Because (laughs) my father's mother, um, kept her Christmas tree up year round. Um, what? 
Because she didn't ever want to take it down. Just like she liked it that much or she didn't want to go through the work? She didn't want to go through the work taking it down. And um, wow. uh, it was a it was a live tree. <laughs> what? Yeah. And so my mom came in the other day and she says, okay, so we are coming over and we are going to help you take your tree down because I am not letting you turn into Daisy Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you, because I'm I'm not I'm, I'm in no place right now. I'm like, I will leave that tree up until July, Mom. Oh God, I took mine down. I don't know, New Year's. Yeah, it might have been New Year's yeah. actually, as quickly as I possibly could. Year round with a live tree. I mean, that is obnoxious, but that's that's a pretty impressive accomplishment to be honest. It's with you. dangerous. It's super dangerous, <laughs> but it's also pretty impressive. Oh man, Daisy was impressive. That's for sure. Just across the board. Just across the board, man. She threw, she, this is where I get it. Somebody parked in an alley next to her house, and she assumed that that was her property, so she went out and started throwing rocks at it. That's who Daisy was. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's pretty excellent. If that's how she was, she can leave that tree up year-round. I, I think that, that her legacy lives on in me, for sure. <laughs> that's so awesome. But, yeah, um, resolutions. None for you, a few for me. We would love to hear if any of you are keeping gratitude journals, maybe? G- gratitude Dude, journals. God, if I see that word one more time, keep a gratitude journal. It's like, I'm sure it works. But the words... I can't even keep a journal, let alone uh-huh. a gratitude journal. Just the word gratitude journal is just like, oh, it's it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Sorry, it is. But yeah, if, if any of you are, you know, committing to daily meditation, yoga, exercise routines, if you know of any really good staircases in Salt Lake City, give me a tip. I'd appreciate that. You can contact us at stories at managramblings.com and at managramblings on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. When you said that you have some and I have none, I'm like, oh, I really should have some resolution, like something. Something. That is my, that is my homework. So I guess until next time. You know what you should. I will come up with a resolution. You should come up. You should figure out how to run without your nipples bleeding. And that it, you commit to that and give that to the world this year. Yes, healthy nipples, 2017. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.